3: Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in beautiful Virgin Valley, Nevada and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, Mesquite, Nevada, and find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com. Hosting today's episode is Rochelle Knight and Steve Dudrow. Let's go have some fun.
0: Welcome to the Art Box. Rochelle is still on a cruise ship in Alaska celebrating her mom's 75th birthday. She's probably enjoying puffins and whales and eagles right now. Our good pal, Rachel Washington, will be taking her place this week. Off we go.
3: Bob Craig from the Virgin Valley Youth Players. Hi, Bob.
2: Hi. Thank you you for having me. Thank you. Want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Mm -hmm. Sure. I am involved with the Virgin Valley Youth Players. We are a group of teachers, instructors, artists, theater, theatricians, I guess is a good word, thespians, who've been involved in the theater for quite a few decades, 30 to 40 years, each of us. We're dedicated to the enrichment of theater, to training some our young actors and preparing them for being even bringing something to the table when they're in plays here in town. Myself, personally, I have over 45 years' uh, experience as a director and an actor. I've worked in Southern California on a professional basis and an amateur basis as an actor and director. I was the founder and artistic director for a group called the Tour de Force Repertory Company. I served on the board of directors for the Long Beach Community Theater Company. I have directed more than 150 plays most of which i've forgotten the names of now but i just know that <laughs> it's been quite a few
0: bob were, were they all musical types or
2: no actually not i it's a mix i've done some musicals i've done some straight plays uh i've done some classic plays comedies uh i've done neil simon i've done shakespeare i've done you name it pretty much if it's entertaining I'm in. I'm in.
0: Yeah, and 150 of them—that's crazy. And yeah. I got to think, how long? Yeah, 45 years.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it took a while. Matt,
3: do you have any collections that go along with uh, your acting resume, like show shirts or pins or anything like that? No. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: I wish I did. Unfortunately, over the years, they just kind of lost, or I outgrow them, or they wear out. God knows. But uh, yeah. Our our mission here, just to to get back to telling you a little bit about the Virgin Valley Youth Players, is we've been involved in some of the the productions that uh, some of the youth here in town have done, and one of the things that we've talked about, Mitzi Bender, the other people who are involved in the in the production, that we Wendy Wendy Wolf, that's the other, one, that we have believed that there needs to be some time to actually train them. Uh, it's not enough to just do a play and think that that's going to train someone. It's very similar to like, if you want to, if someone wants to be an artist, if they want to be a painter, it would be the same as just giving them a canvas, some paint and a brush and say, good luck. Just by- Self-taught
3: can only go so far, especially when you have so many mentors available locally.
2: Exactly, so many different approaches, so many different, that's one of the beauties of of theater for me is that it's a collaborative art form. Mm -hmm. It's something you can't do by yourself. You can try. But <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Right. Even a one-man show still has people backstage working set. <laughs>
2: exactly. You still have people backstage. You still have a director. You just have a lighting set. I mean, it props people all over the, you know, all over the spectrum. That being the case, we want to train these folks, while they're still young,
1: mm-hmm.
2: how to Contribute the most they can as an actor, a performer, maybe even backstage, you know, as a stage manager, as a lighting person, what have you. We're looking to actually give them some instruction in how to use their talents to their best degree.
3: And those skills carry over even if we're not raising professional actors or anything. uh, It still teaches skills like drilling or viewing lighting balance and Mm -hmm. things like that for everyday use.
2: It carries over to a, a lot of other skills. Math. (laughs) believe it or not. (laughs) Art and math are
3: best friends.
2: They really are. Math, it carries over to organization. For my day job, I work for a health insurance company as a project manager. It's my experience in managing my time that makes me effective in that job and as a director. So the two are not mutually exclusive they actually work together we're actually providing some life skills that these kids will be able to carry on as they get older in in other fields even if they don't pursue acting as a or directing as a full-time career
0: i always like to say with that they experience some success mm-hmm. so they they leave here with the success under their belt and and then that carries over oh yeah to to their next job to their next play
2: there's also value in they're finding their tribe, I like to call it. They're, they're at the age where they need to find that group of people that are like-minded. We do a lot in our society to support the sports. And, and I've got nothing against sports. I think sports are great. I'm a fan myself. It's just that there are not not all kids are good at it. So you need to provide them some kind of outlet that lets them find their tribe. Lets them feel good about something that they're doing. Lets them know, "Hey, I I have a talent. I am I have worth." That's really what we're we're trying to do, to create that environment for them to feel like they can be creative and successful and have something to offer.
3: And as a kind of a theater term, yes, and a student that enjoys sports but also really enjoy theater. It's a completely different kind of socialization than a mm-hmm. sports team and as we're aspiring to raise fully rounded human beings to match sports with arts creates a fully rounded human being
2: it really does i mean there's the similarities are are very similar because just like sports we are both a collaborative form i mean you you can't you can't play football by yourself or you can't play basketball by yourself you could but again it's not very interesting it takes a team and it takes a group of people working together cohesively to put together a, a production that is entertaining to an audience Mm -hmm. i think we're looking to raise the level of the of the performance that we are offering our community too and by having the chance to actually train these kids while they're young to give them the skills to learn how to sing how to dance how to create a character how to direct themselves a little bit if they need to Mm -hmm. all these things are very basic to being for them to be able to bring something to the table
3: right something that as an adult you want those sharper skills like self-awareness or Mm -hmm. uh, memorization or things that go along with theater that as a kid you're picking it up like a second language in a theater course
2: and what's nice too is by by starting when they're still young is um they're like sponges <laughs> mm-hmm. <I'm bad. laughs> it makes it, they are so quick to learn. They've been working with a Virgin Valley Theater group for the last two years during the summer program. They put on two different hour long musicals in three weeks mm-hmm. with these kids. And, the, and this is a group of 20 to 30 kids that they were working with, just wrangling them <laughs> for Right. Long and long. and yeah, it's I'm not so an all day program
3: that they were a yeah. part of, it's only a couple hours a day.
2: Yeah, it's uh, three. it was three to four mm-hmm. that they were using. But, you know, again, it's it's saying, okay, we're able to do this. And those kids, were, they were able to learn songs. They were able to learn their lines. They were able to do all that. And that's the basic. That's where you start.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, let's build on that. Let's build on We're going to teach them how to audition so that they can show their best foot forward in front of the director so they can get the parts they want. We're going to teach them how to put a resume together. All these things are... They're, they're just the basics that you learn as uh, time goes on, but we're going to give them the advantage of getting a little bit of that up front.
3: And especially at that age where they may learn it in school anyway, and having that not be the first time that they're hearing about mm-hmm. it in school helps to have that reminder of like, oh, their English teacher says write a resume. Oh, I've heard of a resume before. It should be professional or keywords exactly. that they're able to soak in a little bit more of what they're studying in school.
2: Oh, yeah. Resumes are mm-hmm. They're actually, I, as a director, I used to love reading those things. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I, there's always a, sp- a section under special skills.
3: Oh, it's probably a wild card.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I had one where this one actress wrote, "Can breathe through my eyes." I brought How her in not just her? <laughs> I brought her in just for that, and I said, "Show me."
3: <laughs> yeah. So this skill you mentioned—that's fantastic. <laughs> so you can do it. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. It's also encouragement not to hesitate on your resume. If you have something to mention, mention it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's not unusual for actors to say, yes, I can do horseback riding, and they've never been on a horse before, and they just figure, okay, well, if I get a part where I have to ride a horse, I'm going to learn. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. There's just a bunch of little skills that you learn along the way that are
3: kind of fun. Theater will definitely train you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to sort of get out there a little bit more than you initially would, because you mm-hmm. sort of get that feeling of, I want to do what my peers are doing. That looks so much more fun than I could ever imagine.
2: I'm not sure I understand the question, I'm sorry.
3: I guess sort of uh, playing off of that jealousy that you have of your peers when they have a good time on stage, you want to have a good time on stage, sort of furthering that art.
2: Oh, sure, yeah. It's also uh, creating a positive working environment with these kids so that, you know, that they're supportive of each other. That was one of the things we found with, with the programs that we've done so far is that they were they were all rooting for each other. They all were supportive of each other. If someone was nervous, was afraid to go on stage, you would see the rest of them group around them and just support them and say you're gonna be great. And this is the kind of thing that gosh, you just need at that age, you know? You just need that kind of supportive environment to know that yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I've got people have got my back. A really
0: cool: Well, you know what I really like, because they're friends, yeah. okay? what you've done, you've molded a group of friends, yeah. and I like that you've molded a group of friends who are face to face, They're not friends who are texting each other, <laughs> they're not hiding in their room. Okay? <laughs> they're friends, they're gaining social skills, yeah. which I don't is that a problem these days with kids with the social skills who just stay inside?
2: Well, I think it's really important now, especially post-pandemic, because we've all been so sequestered inside. It's so important to have that human contact, that face-to-face contact with people. That's one of the things that's so vital about live theater, really, is... You're going somewhere to see live people perform. And there's nothing more exciting. Every year, my wife and I go to the Utah Shakespeare Festival because, and and it's a big deal. We'll see three or four plays while we're there. How
1: long have you been doing
2: that? Sorry, just really quick. Well, we've only been here in Mesquite for about two years, so two years. Okay.
3: (laughs) It's a cool little tradition to start up
2: Yeah, it is. We go there and we stay there for two to three days, and we see as many places we can possibly see. And it's such a—I I remember last year was really important because it was the first year after COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were still wearing the mask and everybody. It was just so. I'm seeing a live play. I'm seeing mm-hmm. real people are in front of me. Yeah. I'm not watching a TV tube. Or I'm looking at my screen. That that kind of immediate co- contact with another human being in the room is just—it's. I think it's vital to us as people,
0: and we're really getting away away from it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what you guys are doing is important. I don't think I've ever been. You're talking about the excitement of going to a play. I don't think I've ever been to a play, and I'll include my youngest when he was in mm-hmm. first grade that I didn't leave.
2: Pretty impressed. Yeah.
1: yeah that that
2: that it was good. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, there's just something about it, uh, about having people perform for you that is so satisfying and, uh, that, uh, and, and so, and this is what we're really trying to encourage with these kids is to say, look, we, and the turnout has been amazing. We have something like 20 to 30 kids right now who are part of the program and they, they are in it. Every time we say we're going to do something new, we're going to be performing at the, uh, Halloween event uh, our, our choir is going to be performing at that and they are we said who wants to be part of it every single one wanted to be part of it we are going to be performing at the Clark County Fair this year so far as far as I know everybody's everybody's in it's pretty impressive these kids are really hungry for it and I think we're really uh answering a the that's well, so
3: cool
2: to have that kind of participation oh yeah yeah so, it's so fun. they're in and what's fun too is to see the parents the parents have been very, very supportive. This is something we are offering right now, you know, for free, I and mean, it's all part of the, you know, the the grant we're getting, and they, you know, it's not often you get something of value for free, right? <laughs> right, especially
3: an art program where grants are a blessing. because funding is a pain sometimes.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. But no, it's no. We were we were very impressed by uh, the. Uh, fine arts council and just how organized they were and when we came in we were, oh my gosh you guys are just fantastic you made it so easy for us and so we were we were very
0: grateful the board of directors here and everybody is excited Good. So, to have you guys on board yeah very excited that's i keep hearing that
2: we're so this is so great oh yeah yeah oh no they're we're we are very excited to. We're very excited with the classes we're going to be off. We're going to be starting off with some uh, half hour to 45 minute classes for the kids. We'll be starting in the fall and we'll have another, we'll have a spring uh, semester in spring. We're going to be focusing on things like how to audition and how to develop character, little tricks of the trade like that in the fall we're going to be concentrating more on just things like theater etiquette. There there's a certain manners that you need to learn when you're in the theater and other subjects. I, I mean she's got about 10 or 12 different classes planned so I I don't have them all memorized off the top of my head. No, these are these are just some things that we've been talking about for a while and we're very excited to be able to bring it to this Yeah,
3: that's so exciting to hear about some of the things coming up for the kids.
2: Oh yeah. No, we're we're very excited about it. Very excited.
3: So how far into Virgin Valley Youth Players are you guys? Has it been a year or two? I hear different sometimes.
2: Well, we, Virgin Valley Youth Players was, we started as kind of an offshoot of Virgin Valley Theater Group for their summer program. We were a summer program. We've done this now for two years in a row. And that's where for three weeks in the summer we do two musicals, two, you know, what we call junior musicals (laughs) Last year we did uh, Beauty and the Beast Jr and 101 Dalmatians Jr and they were adorable.
0: Hey, uh, now, didn't you Rachel help with 101 Dalmatians with the
3: I did. I helped with both of them. I helped with the shows a little bit. I wasn't as involved as I've seen a lot of the other adults were I volunteered for exclusively costumes. Yeah, I thought you were uh, doing costumes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you were involved in
3: that's fantastic. Yeah, but I spending so much time in the green room uh working on costumes and getting those ready, I hardly got to see all of the hard work that went into what was going on in the yeah. theater. I remember coming in in the morning and every time I would look up, they're rehearsing more, practicing more, something else is done, something more is done. The set's complete now. Mm-hmm. Uh now all the blocking's done. It was just so fast how they pulled it together. Oh, I yeah. I mean, I was there, but I was hoodwinked. You guys are incredible. <laughs>
2: well, it's a, what's amazing is that when you don't have that much time, it's amazing what you can get done. Oh so yeah. Well, we got to do it.
3: Yeah, the show uh, must go on, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. My wife was the choreographer, Joy Craig. So she.
3: I knew it. I was thinking. I was. I noticed mm-hmm. the last name, and I was thinking you guys related, but I kept yeah. meaning to ask, just kept forgetting.
2: Yeah, no, she she was the choreographer there. She loves doing it. She, she had so wonderful Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And we have another friend there, Bethany. I don't know remember Bethany's last name.
3: Bethany Overland. Okay.
0: Okay. She was quite involved, I remember. Right. Oh, she yeah. has
2: at least 3 or 4 kids. I can't remember how many kids who were involved in the program already. And, and
0: she has a really big van. Right? Mm-hmm. So she has a lot of kids.
3: Big van, big family, big heart. <laughs> she's yes, great.
2: 7 kids. Yeah, so she's she's got a lot going on. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, but theater moms are a special, different kind of volunteer. They are the ones that practically adopt the rest of the oh yeah the theater troupe.
2: Oh yeah. Well, you you met Marnie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. We did when we did uh, last year. We did uh, a Neverland Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. and we had all the kids from the program in it. It was a Virgin Valley Theater Group production. I was in that. I played Captain mm-hmm. Hook. Joy played Smee. <laughs> My wife Hey.
3: Oh, I should have caught that! <laughs> oh,
2: it was so much fun, and it was—it's was a cross between Christmas Carol and Peter Pan. Okay. And somehow it works. It does.
3: Is it written locally? No. Okay. No. No. So it got remixed. The stories got crossed and then brought here.
2: Well, it's—it's it's a professional script. It's someone oh, awesome. put it together. Yeah. Okay. No, it was good. And Wendy directed it. he was the music director and all that stuff. we had a wonderful time with that, but we had all the kids there. And and that was one of the times when we were learning, we were saying, okay, we need to have some lessons in theater etiquette. Like when the director says, be quiet backstage, that means be quiet backstage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and some things you don't forget.
3: Even at a retail store, someone says, 10 minutes left, you guys. I'm like, thank you, 10.
0: (laughs) So before, it was auditions, Uh and you practice for a play. You rehearsed for a play, I'm sorry. Hers mm-hmm. for play. Now, what you're adding is some training to go on top, mm-hmm. so we don't walk into this and I audition for a part and I don't make it, and maybe I don't do anything at all.
2: Right. This way, you're you're being trained. Really, the idea is, I mean, we tend to use all the kids anyway; they come and audition. But what we're doing is we're giving them a little bit of heads-up training, so that they have a little bit more to offer in the actual audition. If they don't get in, they'll know why. When you train someone, then they know why. Why didn't I get in? Well, I just didn't really, I really wasn't feeling it that day. I wasn't really giving all my, my best effort. Also, by giving them some dance training, music training ahead of time, it makes the whole process of learning something a little bit easier because then they learn how to learn. That's the biggest thing here is learning how to How do you learn a dance piece? How do you learn a song? How do you learn your lines? There's tricks. There's trade. You know, I mean, it's just not when you say to someone, I need you to do this, but you don't tell them how, you're doing them a disservice.
1: Right.
2: So that's really what the purpose of these classes are going to be. We're giving them a little bit of a boost up, a heads up ahead of time.
0: I'm guessing that the drama coach at the high schools is probably mm. pretty happy with you guys.
2: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I really don't know her. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had any uh, interaction with her. I don't. I don't know, or I know. of her.
0: So there's no recruitment going on. She's not hanging around trying to recruit your kids, <laughs> not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Music <laughs> <laughs> She'll be thanking you eventually. Eventually, yeah.
2: We hope. Yeah, yeah. That's the intention. Is that on down the road? This is gonna. Because really, right now, the only time that there's even any theater classes is in, is in yeah. high school. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And then you
2: have to select it,
3: so some electives get chosen over theater, and then you miss out on that entire Mm -hmm. part of your life that you could have been great at or really loved.
2: Right. In middle school, we had theater classes, so that's when it started there, and now we only have, I think we have music in middle schools, but that's it. We don't have Mm -hmm. theater. Kids are getting to high school. By the time you get to high school, you've developed a lot of bad habits, and that window of opportunity to really teach, you've lost a lot. Because then they start getting into the period of time when there's when other people's opinions are way too important to them.
3: Right, that shyness <laughs> by feeling uh-huh. the eyes
2: of the world on you. Exactly. I don't want to make a fool of myself by looking foolish. When in theater, that really does you well to look foolish. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <more laughs> to put yourself out there. Just let it go.
3: Or the worst is I can't without even having tried. Yeah like theater will really put you out of your comfort zone when somebody needs you to hold something or fill in really quick when but not even putting yourself into that place where i can't is just holding you back from even trying
2: i know and you know it's so funny my uh, my wife joy she was uh, she taught theater when she was in as a high school for 20 some years and she now gets emails facebook posts all the time from her former students saying your class changed my life sweet. and isn't they they're not necessarily in theater or in acting some of them are some of them are professional makeup yeah. artists some of them acting directing what have you but for the most part it's just having that safe place
1: mm-hmm.
2: where you can express yourself you can let out some emotions maybe that are not safe to let out any place else and talk about little it, it's an important thing it's really to know the, the impact that you can have on people's lives years from now it's really kind of important to us and I think we'll we'll be planting a seed for uh, the future here
1: yeah.
3: and what a great motivator to keep going on teaching when you have these stories coming back of people you've impacted
2: oh yeah yeah no it's 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 vital It it's uh, very encouraging
1: But I like to get to know you: yes, I
0: do. Bob, do you ever have any like of the children come into the program and maybe just want to build sets, but then you turn around and now they're acting.
2: When I was doing a show over there at Virgin Valley, I had a, a friend of mine. He's the design, head designer for the graduate program out at UNLV, he came out and did my set for me and we actually had a few of the kids come out and learn how to build flats from him and it was a wonderful experience i mean they're into the acting but they kind of got into the whole thing of oh this is how you make a flat it's like a giant canvas wow what do you know know, (laughs) yeah it's uh it was it was a great experience in that seeing seeing the kids kind of
3: and will mm-hmm. you describe what a flat looks like for anyone that doesn't know
2: what that is? Oh, okay. Thank
0: you for asking that question, Rachel. Okay, <laughs> no problem. I'm so sorry.
2: A flat is what we use many times for uh, stage walls on stage. Mm-hmm. They are very similar to like a canvas that you paint on, and that they're just like a, a frame with two by twos crossed in front, and then you put muslin inside it, and you treat it, and you let it dry, and it stretches, and then you can paint scenery on it. The advantage of that is that they're light. If something falls over, it's not going to hurt anybody. And it gives the impression or the illusion of a wall. That's uh, So that's what a flat is, basically.
3: Well, I had a question for you, Bob. So yeah. we're talking about kids getting into theater and kids uncovering their love and their passion for theater. Yeah. I'm really curious about what one of your first shows was that maybe got you more interested in theater. I guess, how'd you say, This is what I really love doing?
2: Okay, well. Yes. I <laughs> my first play that I ever did was Far Out Cinderella. I did it in junior high school. It was part of my class. I played the king. I took I I got involved in this whole thing because I remember I was taking this biology class where one of our assignments was we had to give oral presentation of a report. And that just scared me so bad. I was eating, you know, all kinds of acids and stuff like that because my stomach was queasy and stuff like that. And I thought, this just stinks. I want to get over this.
3: Were you afraid of, afraid of public speaking?
2: Yes. I was oh, no. terrified of it. I was terrified of it. So I thought, well, I'm going to take a theater class because then this will help me get over that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, it doesn't. It's a whole different skill set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because when I'm on stage as a character, I'm somebody else, and I can look foolish as that somebody else. But when I'm doing an oral presentation, I'm me, and that's I can be kind of a lot more pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more pressure, and a lot more fear there.
0: See, I, I I would think that the confidence you would gain in the theater would overcome.
1: Mm-hmm. No? No.
3: I could kind of see the difference being mm-hmm. that for an oral presentation, you can't halfway through your speech say, lie, Yeah. Exactly. can well, I get another take?
2: Or, well, you see, and it's not so much that, too, is that in an oral presentation, if you mess up or if you look foolish, well, it's you looking foolish. Mm-hmm. When I was in Far Out Cinderella is the king. If I looked foolish, well, it was the king that was foolish, not me. <laughs>
3: right, you can chalk it up to the character. <laughs> exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. I can separate the two and say, "Oh no, wow, he had a bad night." That
3: silly king had <laughs> <got> it again. <laughs> exactly. Was Far Out Cinderella like a groovy theme?
2: The, it was trying to, yeah. That is time. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: I would have paid to see that.
2: Yeah, well, you wouldn't have gotten your money's worth, but it was. <laughs> it might
0: we was get, funny. might we get pictures from far out Cinderella* to post? S-
2: well, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think any survived. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, do you think
0: he's lying to us?
3: I know, no, I can't tell if it's a. Oh no, none, survive none <laughs> survived. None
2: <laughs> survived
3: from that fire that I lit ten yeah, years
2: but, ago. <laughs> 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 no, it's funny, but that was a, you know, it was a, it was a good growth uh, experience for me, and from that, from being this shy kid, I really gained all kinds of confidence that I carried through into high school. When I was in high school, I not only did theater, I was also involved with the choir, I was in the barbershop quartet. I really couldn't find enough to keep me busy because it was, I was hungry for it. at that. Point. And that's the kind of thing we want to instill in these kids, is that hunger. Mm-hmm. Go and try it.
3: Do you like performing?
2: Yeah, I do. Okay.
3: So I know I some know. actors; they they like a lot about the process, but the actual stage performance, they just zone out.
2: No, I love the process. That is simple. So cool. Performing is part of the process too, because you you know I can spend all kinds of rehearsals, you know, pro, uh trying to develop a character and making decisions and things like that. Then you get in front of an audience. You need to halfway listen to how they're reacting to If they're not listening to something, well, then your reactions are going to change too. So it's—I always feel like it's a—it's a two-way conversation between the actor and the audience. It, they're a part of the play.
3: Yeah, because what a craft! You can't talk yeah. while they're still laughing, but you can't wait too long not for. Not if you want to get in a laugh. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that timing probably takes a lot of practice. Yeah. When did you decide that you wanted to pursue directing professionally? When did that transition become more
2: serious? Well, the profession, it's always been kind of a, a, I mean, I have a day job that that pays the bills. So I basically um, started directing when I was in college. I went to to Cal State Florida and originally as a theater history major, believe it or not, because I dig theater history it's just you don't get to talk about it much. Yeah,
3: that sounds so fascinating.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it is. There's, there's a lot.
0: Should yeah. we schedule a uh, ten minute podcast with you for theater history? I, I will have to prepare, but I, I will.
2: That, can I get you to set,
3: email me some of the papers that you wrote? I'd love to oh, read yeah. any of them, no, find no, out more about
0: you. If you don't mind, we can. Uh, we'll do that. That sure. sounds like, a, although it sounds like you could probably talk about
2: that for hours. With a couple of drinks in me, yeah, you bet. <laughs> I could talk about theater history forever. I went into to college with that as my major, and then I, I went to a double major of theater history and directing quickly. I had a, a professor in college, Dr. Michael McPherson, who I still keep in touch with to this day. He's living in San Luis Obispo, and we, we write each other emails every week. And He was a, a wonderful teacher, and he really had a lot to teach about how to direct and it was all i mean it's like the rest of theater first of all you learn the rules and then you learn where you can break them mm-hmm. and why i became really enamored with with directing and uh i started directing at a little theater in uh pasadena and then uh, silver lake called the knights bridge we were a repertory company and the beautiful thing about that was we were always doing three plays at a time it was a wonderful learning ground because i could Direct a play, and if it wasn't very successful, oh well.
3: <laughs> that There's is two other plays playing. Yeah. yeah. Was it all the same cast and actors
2: and group doing high
3: uh-uh. shows? Okay. No. Uh-uh. That sounds chaotic.
2: <laughs> it was. Uh, thank God I was a lot younger. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a lot more energy for it. But in that kind of environment, you're you're you have the luxury of failing, which you don't get very often as a performer. And say, okay, I'm going to try this and see what happens. Okay, well, that didn't work. I'll never do that again. From that whole thing, I got to do some fun plays. I did, uh, As You Like It. I did Twelfth Night. I did, uh, The Tempest. And then from there, I went on to, I, I had moved it down to, uh, the Long Beach area and I, I started going to Long Beach Playhouse and I was directing there for about five years. And I did, um, some more cutting edge plays, like we did plays like uh, Bengal Tiger in the Baghdad Zoo. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's it's a very recent one. About it, w- it was the last play that Robin Williams did, where he played a Bengal tiger that was in a Baghdad zoo that had been just totally annihilated by American forces during the Afghan, you know, uh, occupation. And the whole story is told from the lion, from the tiger's perspective, and it's so cool. You know, it was fun to do stuff like that that was just really kind of challenging and different and
3: yeah. imaginative. Yeah, be able to put, portray that on stage. Oh, sounds yeah, sounds fun.
2: Oh, it was fun. I did Equus. <laughs> there, I've I've also done some musicals like Drowsy Chaperone. Are all familiar with
3: that one? That one is so good. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I costumed for that one when I lived in Fresno. and
2: Oh, that's a fun one. That's crossed you.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. That one. And then the, I can't remember the name of the guy that uh, does the what, but his character is so great.
2: Uh, Is that Alfredo? It's Alfredo.
3: something really romantic, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that show's just got a bunch of cartoon characters.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's why, you know, when you talk about styles and what's my favorite, I I like anything It's gonna entertain an audience really mm-hmm. I, uh, for different reasons i don't for me you know when, when i go to see something i don't necessarily want to go see just shakespeare because after a while that gets dull to me mm-hmm. but i don't want to see just comedies because that can become dull to me after a while or just dramas i like mixing it up i like seeing things that are that challenge me um challenge the performers and, and, you know, uh, anything like that uh, is entertaining and that's what I, I like to do.
3: Yeah, and theater allows for you to sort of elaborate on a story as you work on it a little mm-hmm. bit more personally than having a favorite movie. Having a show that you've worked on, you're taking apart a song that you get sick of hearing, and then it's your favorite song, and then you've yeah. went through all the lyrics, and you can do that for every part of a show that you work on for a couple of months if you have that time.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 we did. It's like the most difficult character in, in Rousey Chaperon, for instance, was the man in chair.
1: hmm
2: he was the most difficult because we said you know there's there's literally no backstory to him written in the script so you have to make it up
3: yeah and it's almost hard to not have that character be boring next to the rest of the characters that you have you
2: can't can't. be boring people on stage just can't happen (laughs) or people you don't like
3: or from a costuming perspective fidgeters <laughs> Stop touching your hat. <laughs> <laughs> Sit
2: still. Yeah, my my big pet peeve are, are actors that stare at the floor. I go, oh no! I go, what is on the floor? That's so interesting. <laughs> right, right. Stare up into the lights I or something. I can't see your eyes. I can't see your face. You know what's on there? Uh,
0: might might that might journeys. that be somebody who's the way they try to remember their lines that they could look up.
2: Um, for some actors, they, they, they find it not to be petty or, or negative here, but it, it, sometimes it, it, it's they think they're emoting. It's like for me to go, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not really emoting. I'm just, you know, looking at the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we're not
3: naming names or anything, but these things do happen pretty commonly where someone thinks oh, yeah. that they're giving you face and their face is hidden behind something. Like your face mm-hmm. isn't visible from the audience. Yeah,
2: if I can't see your face, I don't know what's going on. Their mm-hmm. face is everything. The face tells a whole story.
3: Yeah, so theater really teaches that skill of bringing mm-hmm. yourself outside of your head and trying to visualize, well, what can this person from the back of the theater see? What can people backstage exactly.
2: see? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's all fun. <laughs> ¶¶
0: Uh, one of the uh, questions that we ask the other folks that we interview mm-hmm. is, "How do you handle mistakes and the critic in your head?"
2: Well, how I handle them personally is, I try. I, you know, I really try hard not to beat myself up, because it's a collaborative art form. It's really hard to place complete and full blame on anybody's doorstep. As a director, you have to accept it. I mean, because either. You made the mistake or you allowed it to happen. For me, how I generally, like I said, like I handle mistakes is if I can identify what the mistake was, I just say, well, I'm not going to do that again. And that's really the only way you can uh, because when you're dealing in in an art form that has so many variables, not only is it going to be multi-people each time, but they're going to be different people each time. It's going to be a different piece next time. So there's so many variables involved. All you can do is the best you can do with what you know at that time. It doesn't work. You try your best to fix it. And if not, uh, you just chalk it up to experience. That's all you can do.
1: So your
0: critic doesn't have a name or anything?
2: Uh, No, mine doesn't. I try not to... Get to a point where I'm I'm killing my own good time. I can very easily. I I will. Here's my thing. I don't critique myself. I worry. I do worry up until the, up until we open. I say, okay, well this and this and this and this have got to happen. I'm not seeing it. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I go down that, that road and not, I just put it on everybody else and say, okay, guys, this is where we have to be by this week. You have to have lines learned. You have to have music learned. Steps learned. And you don't. Next Friday, you do. So I'm putting it on you. <laughs> so that's how I, that's how I deal with things that aren't going. Mistakes after the fact that I look at and think, you know, that moment in the show didn't work, or that laugh that we never got a laugh on that. I don't, I don't really uh, beat myself up too much. I love that
3: perspective. That sounds like something learned over time. That yeah, uh, you can't really go back and change it. But to not do that again is really the learning process. Of exactly.
2: Yeah, it is. That's that's really all you can do. You say, well, I'll have another opportunity, when I do it again, I just won't do that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> out of your players, do you have any budding directors?
2: I don't know, to be honest with you.
3: How can you tell? What would be the qualities of a young director waiting out?
2: happen? qualities of a young director would be one who is very detail-oriented, who possibly worries about other people's performances a little bit more than they should. <laughs> I, th- I think those are the main qualities. I The way I've always handled this, you just give them more responsibility. Mm-hmm. You say, fine, well I tell you what, you're gonna be in charge of props. Oh. <laughs> right, because you do
3: wanna know a little bit of everything, but you don't exactly. have to master it all in that position. No, you're gonna be in
2: charge of props, you're gonna be in charge of PO, we're gonna keep you busy. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's just telling me that that particular performer feels confident in what they're doing and they need more to do so i'll give it to them I'll, i'm fine with <laughs> giving other people things to do especially
3: kids i'll give you a job <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. if you're
3: interested in not being bored that's fantastic
2: <laughs> <laughs> you want to go pull some costumes yeah when i was working at, at the Nicebridge, man i tell you we did everything i hung lights for my shows and i directed i pulled costumes i did everything Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot from that. And that's
3: how you find those small things that you're interested in versus mm-hmm. all kids want to be a star, uh, want to be an actor, be the spotlight on them. But once you get handed like some gaff tape or something, mm-hmm. you start finding those niches that you would have never thought in a million oh, yeah. years that that was fun.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I, I tell you that what really became when I really knew I was a director, I'll tell you, it was when I started working at Long Beach. And they Long Beach does two shows in, in repertoire. They have a new show opening every three weeks so they are a machine they literally are they have staff directors our staff uh, designers rather who work for the, the theater and you as a director you come in you have a meeting with them they show you their designs you say yes i like that and i like the door over there and i like the i like a stool down here or you Mm-hmm. And uh, I like this idea for this rendering that you've got for a costume. It could be it in red, rather than green, and all that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, like just a step above
2: community. Yeah, it is a step above community, actually. Uh, they've got their own shop there. And it, as a result, what happens as is a, is a director is you're getting to focus on directing. Mm-hmm. And you've got this staff that's going to take care of everything else. <laughs> that's great It <laughs> just show up tech week it's all built it's all there yeah no it's
3: asking it shall be done <laughs> I know
2: it was too wonderful we had a great costume lady on staff who, who built all of our costumes from scratch oh wow yeah and she was really into like the underwear that people wore at different periods and stuff like that she mm-hmm. was down to that so you wore the correct style of the underwear.
3: bullet bra the corset whatever you need to
2: exactly As vintage as you can. (laughs) Well, it makes a difference. You carry yourself differently.
3: Oh, yeah. And the silhouette totally changes Mm -hmm. when you're trying to do something from the 1940s, 50s, when they were just starting to phase out certain types of undergarments. Yeah. You'll get the clothing to hang completely differently with those kind of undergarments versus like a Walmart bra.
2: Oh, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally different.
0: I'm turning towards the future yeah um, what gets you excited about art and let's say in the virgin valley
2: what gets me excited about art in the virgin valley it's the prospect really uh, one of the reasons i got involved with this is the idea that we are basically raising our future actors we're okay. raising yeah I mean, we're going to raise them with a language that they're that both they and we are going to understand we have the potential of doing different kinds of productions here we don't necessarily have to just do comedies or musicals we could maybe do a drama or two or do a classic play every now and then and our audiences i think would it would appreciate it they would enjoy it it's i think the the potential is there for just expanding the level of performance that we have here
1: in it
3: definitely gets the next generation ready to make programs similar to this here in this community, but even better as they've been doing it for so long. Yeah, exactly. Really cool.
2: Yeah. Bob, what's inspired you this week? This interview has gotten me inspired because you've gotten me talking about things and gotten me thinking about things, which is always, which I appreciate in terms of where we're going with our process and why we're doing this. It's a it's exciting to see other people who are as interested in in developing the performances Mm -hmm. of our our young people here. Because we're just, like I said, we're just only a seat. But I'd say this interview, really, it's got me talking. (laughs) Got you thinking. Yeah, there you
3: go. There is a Virgin Valley Youth Players Facebook group that you can Mm -hmm. join. A couple of the adults involved in volunteering, like Mitzi, Wendy, Kim, and the um, other adults or teachers, will help post and keep updated on what the kids are performing in or what the kids are uh, looking to do next.
1: Excellent.
0: Yeah. And we'll add some links um, be to, you, to your interview page.
2: Okay, great. Yeah, that'd be super. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Bob, we really appreciate it.
0: I was really worried when I looked at Bob's background, his resume, his bio. It's like, am I even worthy to be in the same room as this guy? Because it was amazing. And then when all the theater questions came up, I had you. And you asked all the good theater questions. You rocked it.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to ask some things that were relevant. Uh, I personally have been doing theater since I was in junior high school. Not as recently as you would have thought. Uh, Like 2007 was my first summer program.
1: It's still pretty recent for me. <laughs> Not <laughs> was, too
3: way back, but a little way back. It was, it was good. He,
0: he, he really enjoyed your questions. He probably could have talked for another hour.
3: Oh yeah, it was so mo- easy to have a conversation. Yeah, with
0: which most was. of our guests could talk for another hour. Sorry, we got to go home because dinner's waiting.
3: Pajamas are calling.
0: <laughs> We're recording this on September eighth. Today, I think. Yeah, We're recording on September eighth, and I think we only have one more day of. 110 plus degrees and then saturday it's going to get cooler so given the heat what's inspired you this week
3: actually now that you mention it i want to say it's the heat that's inspired me this has reminded me so much of growing up in bakersfield california and just reminding me of those early days of learning sewing for the first time or trying out painting for the first time or All of the big ideas that I had for I can make whatever I want is sort of coming back to me as I'm looking around and enjoying uh, the weather feeling like, honestly, back to school.
1: Back to school?
3: It's a really refreshing feeling (laughs) to have that, like, morning chill and then midday sweat. I mean, the entire podcast has been about kids, so just to relate to them a little, it can feel like the school year goes on forever, but here we are. There's more art to do and more life to live outside of the classroom.
0: But then again, I, I, how lucky some kids are that they'll go to school and there'll be a Bob who's going to teach them you know, how to be an actor.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bob and the other adults in the community that have made such an encouraging and uplifting environment for these kids to learn these crafts in, I'm jealous of them. I want to be a kid in Mesquite.
0: Yeah, really. Well, maybe they will let you sign up. <laughs>
3: oh, but yeah, I, one that got held back too many times.
0: I really enjoyed it because I, they were coming in to the – of Virgin Valley Artists Association, I'm not shocked. My thought they were going to come in and do plays. Mm-hmm. They're not coming in to do plays. They're coming in to learn their craft. Oh, learn more. Yeah,
3: that's so cool.
0: I'll be anxious. I'll need to, to to step in sometime and watch watch one of their classes.
3: Yeah, just observe what's going on. See if there's anything to take in. We're students every day of our lives. Yeah. What's inspired you this week, Steve?
0: Yesterday, Rachel, I stopped by the Steam Center.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And and I walked in and I got to talk to Liz, who's running it. She showed me that we are going to have a sound studio for the art box. They're even going to put a little sign up that says the art
1: box. That is so exciting because
0: for our listeners, what you hear right now in the background, we are not on the runway at JFK International Airport. We're in the classroom. The air conditioner just sounds like runway.
3: Yeah, with a couple of metal walls and a couple of uh, bouncy surfaces. So.
0: And a slanted ceiling that is now getting less sun on it, so it's
1: contracting
3: tell you what this room is great for is art classes that the VPAA holds here for podcast recording not so much i
1: always
0: have fun here i was i went to tyler's class the other day so much fun you you can look and see you see what we learned to draw
3: oh that's for face drawing
0: eyes and that's not a mustache that's lips mm-hmm. it could be a mustache
3: uh, lips are hard because they don't have hard lines like the other features on your face. It really just goes from like one color to a different shade of that color. Mm-hmm. I love learning penny skills like that. There was once uh, a teacher had taught us how to draw just a single eyeball like that up there on the whiteboard. And I was so inspired by how cool my eyeball had turned out. I just spent... Months after that class, just drawing eyeballs on everything—all my homework papers, all my notebooks, and my Bible, whatever I was doing at the time—just draw an eyeball, another eyeball, cooler eyeball, change the shape on the eyeball.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we learned about different shapes of the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So actually, you went to the acrylic class, the other day, didn't you?
3: I did. It was the abstract painting acrylic class That's right. at the uh, gallery. That one was fun. That one—I uh, think I'd mentioned it the other day to you, but I will just mention podcast listeners how. It would encouraging that class was that no matter what level of artistry you were already at showing up and just painting with some friends or some other community members it was encouraging if you're painting for the first time or have done this multiple times before everybody was super supportive and building on each other's energy to make amazing art that night
0: and that was part of our stay smart with art Mm -hmm. which was free yeah because it's it's grant it runs on grants
3: yeah grant funded and donated supplies.
0: That's Stay Smart with Art. Then we have Get Smart with Art which is for the youth. Mm -hmm. And actually that's what the youth theater group is running under a grant from
1: Get Smart with Art.
3: Oh good. those kids really love that program. You wouldn't even think that a child would have that amount of dedication for something that they're not even a hundred percent sure what's going on, yeah. but they're dedicated to it and they want to make everybody happy and they want to make themselves proud with the work that they're putting in. So I'm really grateful for adults and community members like Bob who are able to create a program like this to inspire that sort of confidence within a child.
0: So that's it for the day. What do you think?
3: I think that went really so, well. Shall we pa- so shall fun. we pack
0: up and uh, pack up and go home for the art box? It is Steve and and Rachel. See you
3: all later. Bye. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert. The Art Box sponsors. Thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, visit us online
1: at mesquitefineartcenter dot com.